have to live with Gus and Bertha for a while. I'd never laid eyes on those people, and now I was supposed to live with them? When I asked how long I had to be there, she said, until things settled down and Mama got her feet on the ground. Well, how hard is it to put your dang feet on the ground, is what I thought about that. You need a stable family environment, she told me. But I knew what she really meant was, you need a family that's not all broken like yours is. Still, I whined and argued and whined and argued. But here I am in Colby, North Carolina, staring down at this getting-to-know-you paper. Have you finished, Charlemagne? Mrs. Willoughby was suddenly beside me. My name is Charlie, I said and a greasy-haired boy in the front of the class let out a sputtering laugh. I sent one of my famous glares his way till he hushed up and turned red. I handed Mrs. Willoughby that paper and watched her eyes dart back and forth as she read it. Her neck got splotchy red, and the corners of her mouth twitched. She didn't even look at me before she marched back up to the front of the room and dropped that paper on her desk like it was a hot potato. I slumped down in my seat and wiped my sweaty palms on my shorts. It was only April, but it was already hot as blazes. You want me to help you with that? The boy in front of me pointed at the math worksheet on my desk. He had red hair and wore ugly black glasses. No, I said. He shrugged, took a pencil out of his desk, and headed to the pencil sharpener. Up? down, up, down. That's how he walked, like one leg was shorter than the other. And he dragged one foot along the floor so his sneaker made squeaking noises. I glanced at the clock. Dang it, I had missed 11-11. I have a list of all the ways there are to make a wish, like seeing a white horse or blowing a dandelion. Looking at a clock at exactly 11.11 is on my list. I'd learned that from some old man who owned the bait-and-tackle shop out by the lake where Scrappy and I used to go fishing. Now that I'd missed 11.11, I was going to have to find another way to get in my wish for the day. I hadn't missed one single day of making my wish since the end of fourth grade, so I sure didn't want to miss one now. Then Mrs. Willoughby nodded toward that red-headed boy sharpening his pencil and said, Howard, why don't you be Charlie's backpack buddy for a while? Mrs. Willoughby explained that when a new kid comes to school, their backpack buddy shows them around and tells them the rules till they get settled. Howard grinned and said, Yes, ma'am. And that was that. I had a backpack buddy whether I wanted one or not. The rest of the afternoon creeped along so slow I couldn't hardly stand it. I stared out the window while kids took turns bragging about their social studies projects. A misty rain had begun to fall, and dark gray clouds hovered over the tops of the mountains in the distance. When the bell finally rang, I hightailed it out of there and headed for the bus. I hurried up the aisle and dropped into the last row. I kept my eyes on a piece of dried-up chewing gum stuck to the seat in front of me 
while I sent laser thoughts zipping and zapping around the bus. Do not sit next to me. Do not sit next to me. Do not sit next to me. If I had to be stuck on a bus full of kids I didn't even know, I wanted to at least sit by myself. My laser thoughts seemed to be working, so I took my eyes off the gum and glanced out the window. That red-headed boy with the up-down walk was hurrying toward the bus, his backpack bouncing against him with every step. When he got on the bus, I quickly looked back at the gum and sent my laser thoughts out again. But that boy didn't waste a minute shuffling up the aisle and plopping himself right down next to me. Then he thrust his hand out at me and said, Hey, I'm Howard Odom. He pushed at his ugly black glasses and added, Your backpack, buddy. Now, what kind of kid shakes hands like that?